My name is Peter Jackson. I'm relaxed and excited to be here with Ross O'Terry. Relaxed and excited. And excited. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Who Is with Ross O'Terry. I am not joined by Jaden Coquet because um, the nigga one hung out with COVID people. So I'm here with our stupid ass Greg, the egg, who I love so dearly. Yeah, bro, I'm the understudy for today. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Greg, you know how this stuff works. God damn it. I know the vibe. Yeah. I know the vibe. People are gonna think I actually bully you. <laughs> it's because I'm a producer. That's yeah. how that's how it goes on podcasts. It's the hierarchy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You, you're the you're the host. You always gotta you gotta treat me like like your wench kind of. Yeah. Like I'm your wench. <laughs> <laughs> you are my wench, Greg. Oh my god. <laughs> like, bro, like whenever we're leaving, like I you, you like put a bottle on the ground. You say pick that up, and I lean up to pick it over, and you push me over. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you have food in your hand, I just slap it out of your hand. Like, <laughs> Shut up, Greg. You didn't earn this. Yeah, you didn't earn to eat. <laughs> it's a privilege. I got to shine your shoes and yeah. shit, bro, before mm-hmm. every show. Before every show. It's not even, we don't even record this on video. You got to shine my <laughs> shoes, iron my shirt. Every time I ask you why we're not on, like, video, you slap me. I slap <laughs> you. I'm like, God, God damn it, Greg. <laughs> you don't ask me such a silly question, Greg. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, welcome back to uh, Who Is With Ross O'Terry. Um, yeah, no, Jaden has, is diseased and, um, Greg here is, uh, you know, he's just trying to do his best and he's doing a terrible job at it, but you know, it's his best. I'm the understudy, bro. That's why I'm the understudy, you know, never never the first choice. Oh yeah. No, he's uh, I like Greg. Ross is I. That's the thing I always say. Oh, I'm I. (laughs) 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 Um, no, I always have to say I like Greg or else people genuinely think I'm being, uh, Mean, a meanie pie. <laughs> I get it. It's that yeah. kind of humor. Some people don't like know it, bro. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How was your week, Greg? It was good. It was good. <laughs> no, I talked about on uh, last show a little bit about the band. So uh-huh. just till like May, and then uh, tonight I have a flight to Halifax, going to see the fam, going there for a week, uh, working on a take-home exam. So I'm trying to like. Because I love to procrastinate for some reason. I'm trying to pack and finish that and do this all in one day. But I'm getting it done. I'm getting it done. We're almost done here. Yeah, exactly. Stop bitching. God damn it. Come on now. It's because we're doing another episode. I know. (laughs) This is, uh, we're actually ramping up production. I appreciate Greg coming in because this is normally the day we record. So actually, I do appreciate you coming in, Greg. Good stuff. uh, Appreciate it, too. Appreciate it for being on the pod. Yeah, of of course, Greg. You know I love you. You know I love you. You know I kiss you in the mouth. Sexually. Exactly. (laughs) I love you. Sexually. (laughs) Not platonically. (laughs) No. Only sex. It's it's all sexual. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. uh, Let's just keep this short. Uh, You know, Greg, Mm -hmm. I don't want to torture you any longer than than need be. The roast of producer Greg Uh on Comedy Central. Just gonna have like all your boys in here, like Greg. You're not important enough for Comedy Central. <laughs> your, your roast would be on VH1. <laughs> <laughs> I 
ESPN Ocho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, the next guest is someone I've known for a very long time, actually. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please um, warm your ears for Peter Jackson. Hey, Peter Jackson. Welcome. Welcome thank you, thank to uh, the show. Hello. I've hey. been with you for a fucking not, not Yeah, I've been. We've been dating for about uh, so six months now. Yeah, right? six yeah. months. Yeah, no, that was a joke. Um, no. What up, Peter? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I've I've uh, I've never been better. I've been better. No, <laughs> now we're doing good. Life's uh, life's moving. Yeah. Keeps on moving. Pretty fast, huh? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's fucked with. Uh, <laughs> Never been better. Never been better. Life, it's fucked. Uh, it's you know? uh, fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, gets moving fast with work and school and all that, and we'll become an uh, an adult. Yeah, you know all that. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah man, it's uh, it's crazy to have you here. First question, I always mm. ask this. True. Peter, who are you? Who? Oh, who am I? How how deep do you want this to be? I go as deep as you <laughs> want to go. Um, who am I? Well. Firstly, uh, I'm a Christian. Uh-huh. Um, you know, got to put God first. He's blessed me in life. Um, super privileged, super um, thankful to live in Canada and all this and, you know, being able to live the lifestyle that I have. Um, secondly, I'm, uh, I'm a musician, I guess. I produce music. I've been doing that for about how many years now? What, three, two and a half, three years now? Like that. Um and then yeah, also car freak. <laughs> that's my bread and butter. Um, yeah, that's 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 who I am. That's that's what I do. Yeah, I like it. So um, f- let's just jump right into it. The musician, mm-hmm. being a musician. How'd you get your? Uh, how'd that start? How does um? <clears throat> well, I, when I was like, what was it? Probably fifteen. I was listening to like a crap ton of. I mean, you know, you play video games, listen to your EDM, with all all that stuff. Um, and I was I was obsessed with Monster Cat label. I mean, I'm sure anyone who knows EDM has heard of Monster Cat. Um, For those who don't know, what is that? Mon- Monster Cat is it's probably the the premier like EDM label. They've got all the different subgenres of EDM. Anything from your dubstep to your house to your drum and bass to uh, your trance, whatever. If if you've heard of it, it's probably somewhere on Monster Cat. Um, and so, yeah, I was listening to just a crap ton of that and loved their stuff. And I thought, oh, you know, I, I really like this. I wonder how it's made. And to that, I thought, why not try and, you know, give this a go, but why not try and replicate these sounds um, and put them in a different context? And so that was the big, that was the big uh, driving factor for why I got so stuck in with production. Um, because immediately, like, as soon as, as soon as I started production, it was just this massive realization that, you know, holy shit, this is really, really hard, really technical and really um, impressive when they really nail it down. And so there was just, you know, a growing interest from that point of like, and and a growing appreciation beyond that of just the complex sounds. And, you know, from there it spiraled on and, uh, you know, learn more, learn more production, learn more skills, learn more technical and creative skills for production. And, um, yeah, and now I'm here. And it's it's somewhat proficient, so yeah. we're making progress. That's good. Yeah. So, um, you said what? What was your first like uh, software? Because you make uh, electronic music. 
Yeah, I I primarily make drum and bass, uh-huh. which is very fast, one seventy five BPM, um, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's kind. It's originally it's reggae inspired, but it's just it's like double time reggae in a right. way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's origins. That's a very horrible way to describe it. But um, my first DAW though was or my first software digital audio workspace uh, was Logic Pro torrented that actually you sent me years ago the the one legal link for for logic pro um and so yeah i used that for it must have been a year and a half um i'm still on logic i i've bought it of course as i did back then as well still Um, (laughs) but yeah no it's it's always been logic um although there's been a lot of points in my production where i've thought like you know Oh, like would would this struggle that I'm having, whatever it may be, be alleviated by switching DAWs? And you know, oh, should I go to Ableton? Should I go to Studio One? Should I go? And you know, there's options galore for it. And of course, you know, when you go view YouTube tutorials that say you can do this in FL Studio, you can do this in Studio One. You know, it it makes you wonder, should I switch? But no, I've I've stuck with Logic this whole time, and it's it's done me good. That's good. So, yeah. Would you call yourself a master of your domain? Um, in some res- in in one respect, yes, and in the other respect, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, my domain, personally, especially of recent, I've been developing my own sound a lot more. It's become very uh, passionate, very tonal, very aggressive in certain mannerisms. It's it's growing a character, and I really I really enjoy that. And so for for my style. Um, I am. I'm getting more proficient at my own style, um, and so yeah. In in that respect, yeah, my domain. I'm I'm certainly a master of it, um, but in the domain of music production, drum and bass, and just you know, EDM in general, by far no. I am mm-hmm. still uh, there's still a ton to learn, a ton to master. It's it's getting better, of course, but that growth and that the expectation that I can get to X Y Z stage, X Y Z mastery eventually. That expectation just keeps on driving me to then become the master of the whole domain. So I know you're in a collective, Mm -hmm. a music, is that an EDM collective? Yeah, it's a drum and bass music collective, white noise collective. We, uh, how long have we been doing it? Well, about, I think a year now only, we've done white noise collective and so, uh, it's been the culmination of me and two other buddies. We all make drum and bass. We all were about it. We love the whole genre. We love what, what the events are, what the DJ mixing is, and all that. Um, and so, yeah, for a year we've been we've been promoting other artists of the similar mindset. We've been showing off hour long mixes every was it every weekend now. So we're on our our fourteenth month of doing this. So just past a year, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's been such a great adventure. It's it's actually been like the first major music project I've done with someone else. Uh, for the longest time, I was I've been super hesitant to do anything else um, or any anything with someone else when it comes to music. And so branching out and getting the other perspectives, it really it's a totally different context you work in when it comes to such a creative uh, industry. And so it's nice to have those other ears, literally, to reaffirm or to deny what you're thinking, what you're saying, what you what you know. So, right. Yeah, it's cool. 
Would you say there's more satisfaction working like something on something by yourself or with a group? For me, uh, it's definitely by myself. But I know for a lot of people, like for one of the guys, um, Arthur, who also is for White Noise or is one of the staff for White Noise Collective, he finds a lot more enjoyment working with others. And so it, I think it kind of comes down to how you frame your progression as a producer and as a musician as a whole. I find a lot of my own progression in, you know, just be, being very self-sufficient. So not relying on presets as much, not relying on loops as much. You know, that's I've used them, and don't get me wrong, they're good. If you if you're gonna use them, you're gonna use them, fair enough. And they're they have their uses. But I find a ton of value and a ton of self-progression in just straight up, you know, making all my stuff me and from my heart and my brain and all that. Right. So yeah. yeah. I know you also play like real instruments too. It's not just the uh Electronic. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I used to play guitar. You used to? Okay. So I, that's how I knew you. So mm-hmm. fun little, let's do a little background here. Background. We um, were in a little... Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't even mention that. Was, uh, what was the band name? Oh, it was something super creative, something crazy called Intersecting, Intersecting Parallels. Parallels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know, and the uh, yeah no, and we were a, we were a great group. We Absolutely, could've, we could have really gone somewhere. Oh yeah, but um, <laughs> um, I'm actually about to start singing "Counting Stars." Oh my goodness! Yeah. Right now, here right in life, now, here now in life. Yeah. Go on. No, <laughs> I actually care for our listeners' ears. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Um, no, but you played the uh, guitar, mm-hmm. kind of like a. It was almost like a bass, but not really, right? Uh, well, it was. It was. It was just like a. I don't know. It was just pretty generic it. guitar. Yeah. 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 But like, um, do you you also, um, man, and you're, you have like an interesting connection to that because of your pops, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, music has always been in the family, or at least my dad's side of the family. Like, um, my grandmother sings, plays the ukulele, piano. I think at one point, like the mandolin. I could be wrong about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather. Not so much, but like my dad's side of the family is a ton of musical um, engagement across all of them. And so, yeah, from a, from a young age, it was like, hey, you got to do something musical for my parents. And so at that time, it was violin. Um, we quickly switched to guitar <laughs> after, after realizing how much I hated uh, violin. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just always you got to do something musical. There's a ton of value in it. And like, you know, while I don't nowadays play a traditional instrument like a keyboard or a guitar, um, which are, well, that and a violin, and I suppose clarinet, or those are the only physical instruments I've played. Um, while I don't play them now, it's still so, it's so crucial to, in, in, in some ways, how I live, um, that I have played them and that I've experienced that. So, right. yeah. What would you say is your earliest memory of like family and music earliest memory oh my goodness or one that just pops out um I don't know if there's one specifically but I can certainly remember a lot of times where uh, you know we'd be celebrating whatever Christmas a birthday Thanksgiving whatnot um and you know grandmother on the keyboard and she's singing, we're all singing, whether it's a happy birthday, we're all singing, and of course, she'll go crazy doing the harmonics and the other octaves and the other 
uh, all that. So, yeah, um, maybe earliest memory would have been, I don't know, her trying to teach me a bit of piano. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, maybe maybe that started the uh, the growth process for my music there. But, yeah. Would you, um, are you still close with your grandma? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're still all close. And um, well, she's, we, we would go skiing, but nowadays that she's getting older, unfortunately, and, you know, surgeries and all that. So uh, that's a, not a possibility. But, yeah, no, we're still close. So close. There's still a possibility to just be, like, less fun, you know. We'd be doing a lot of greens. Old lady. Oh, well, <laughs> just no skis. Mm -hmm. I'm just pushing, pushing her. Pushing her down the yeah. skis. Yeah, no, definitely. Just a lot of... Exactly. <laughs> Avoid the rocky sections. Mm -hmm. No, go to the rocky go sections. Go to the rocky sections. It's a challenge for grandma. That'll fix the bones. It'll fix the bones. <laughs> it's like acupuncture. Oh, jeez. Except it's just breaking bones. It's just breaking bones. <laughs> Masters. Fuck. Do you want to want to go there? No, we can. We can. Okay. So we know each other from our schooling mm -hmm. that we did. Yeah. We met in what what grade? Grade. Well, I I was there in grade two. So second grade. It would have been grade two. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that, and I like to describe. How would you best describe our? Uh, I don't even want to call it a school. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that. Um, master, you know, the more I look back at it, um, they they gave us a ton of lip service on like, you know, oh, masters pre preparing you for the future. It's uh -huh. it's different. It's you know, it's a different kind of learning. And it's like, you know, back then, you, you know, as a kid, you don't know that. You don't know if it's true. You don't know if they're just chatting shit. Um, but you know, the more I look back on it, and the more I compare it to my experience to like other people's experience in public schools, um, the more I see like there there are significant differences that we experienced, we advantaged of, um, and that some were not the greatest for us. Right. You know, and I think like one of the biggest differences I noticed was like, in, for instance, in grade twelve. We were such a family, so close. Everyone, like I, I didn't talk to many people, but everyone knew each other. I knew everybody. Everyone knew me. Um, compare that to some people I know who went to public school. Their 12th year, they knew maybe three people. Mm -hmm. And so I think that kind of, may, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's a, such a different social context that that was one of the biggest differences. Right? And you also like... Uh... The family aspects increase because we know each other from like when we were so little mm -hmm. to all the way to like we're literally becoming adults. Yeah. It was almost incestuous when people started kissing each other. Mad. <laughs> Mad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm playing around. <laughs> but it's a great thing that you bring that up. Like the uh, experience definitely was different because mm -hmm. you graduated there, but I left. Yeah in eighth grade, after eighth grade, and uh, the, the difference was sharp, you know? Yeah, like, what because you, I assume, were, did you go to a public school? Yeah, so what? I went to uh, the Chestermere High School, and I went to, I went to school in Texas, mm -hmm. which, and it was just different. Because, like, I don't know, what would you say was, like, the uh, advantages that we had at Masters? Small class sizes definitely was a, a big, big part of it. Um, you became personal with your teachers, which sounds kind of crazy when I say it like that, but, you know. Um, not and, too personal. Well, not, yeah, no. <laughs> um, 
and then I think the other biggest difference was uh, it's it's a it's kind of a weird way to describe it, but like the social dynamic felt in some ways kind of faux professional. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. in a weird, you know what I mean? I know exactly because we would I remember sending emails to my teachers mm-hmm. in like fourth grade. Yeah. And it was just like that was just a normal thing that we exactly. did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm fucking. I'm in fourth grade. I don't know how to use Hotmail, but I can, yeah. you know, send it. To I you. can make a spreadsheet. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah. I don't need this right now. Yeah, but it yeah. did turn out to be useful. I would <laughs> also say, I don't know. There was something about the creative side of mm-hmm. masters. Um, would you say that influenced your music at all? Having like the opportunity to be in that like. Uh, those spaces i mean uh, i i'll okay i I will never deny that like you know being able to play the clarinet for example at masters i i I was literally only i only can say that because i was at masters so obviously and that's influenced how i view music how i make my own music right so yeah like it's it's definitely helped it's definitely influenced me so yeah that kind of creative push for things yeah Okay, you also describe yourself as a car fanatic. Yes, absolutely. That's that is my bread and butter from day one. Exiting the womb. That's uh-huh. that's what I do. Well, <laughs> actually, so as long as you can remember, you've always loved cars. Okay. There's mean, not even a specific moment where like, oh, I like these. Uh, no, no, no. I I mean, I can remember the first time when like, okay, we we were in me and my family. We were in Ontario visiting my my cousin Bill. But he's like my uncle, sort of. He's massive. He's like seven foot something, or, uh, oh, and he's okay. older. But I don't know why he's my cousin. But he is. Um, and so on that trip, my parents got me um, so a blue Dynaco little Cars model thing, like a Hot Wheels. Yeah. Um, and I guess from there on, it was like, oh, fucking, oh, NASCAR is cool. And then I was like, oh, Indy car is cool. F one car. Ooh, and, and, ooh, and then hey, I'm into cars. Yeah. You kind of had a progression from, like, uh, the NASCAR to, like, the sports car to, like, the rally cars. Sort of, yeah. Um, well, because it's, it's more just down to, like, what I was exposed to at the time. Because mm-hmm. for the longest period, it was, yeah, traditional racing. So all the actually <laughs> legal <laughs> motorsports uh, and, like, FIA-supported and sanctioned racing – uh, until I got like a Wii and I got fucking Need for Speed Carbon or Need for Speed Pro Street. And then it was like, oh, you know, people build normal cars and they make them 800 horse monsters that they just send on the streets. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's really cool. Let me check out this. And I was like, okay, drifting now. So, yeah, it's it's been over my entire life just a progression of like finding more and more motorsports, learning about them. And, yeah, that's it's good to expand your horizons when it comes to cars because, you know, then you don't end up buying a Nissan Murano. Oh. Come on now. That's a shot at all of you losers. In the Murano. In a Murano. What are you guys doing? Damn. <laughs> do you have a Mar- No, you yeah, don't. Yeah, I do. Oh, no, you- <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have, a, uh, I have a Pontiac Grand Prix 08. A Grand Prix. V8. Really? Yeah. It's got a V8 in or it? Or a V6. No, no, no. V6. It's the fucking, it's a V6, but there is a V8 model. There is. It's and probably I, a transversely mounted V8 as well. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I wish I knew what I mean, but <laughs> well, because you have a, a Grand Prix. Yeah. Is it? It's probably front wheel drive then. Uh, if you pull the handbrake, yeah. will the front wheel spin? If I pull the handbrake, you pull the handbrake and you gas it, the front wheels would spin, right? No. Have you ever driven it, driven it in winter? I don't. I live in Texas. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. As, as far as I can remember, the Grand Prix is, uh, yeah, it is front wheel drive. So, the the V8 that would have been in it would have been the LS1. No, no, the LS3, which is that's a Chevy motor, and so that V8 would have been mounted sideways. Okay. So the pistons would have been firing um, towards the front of the vehicle and the back, rather than the left and the right. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's just another way to mount the motor. Yeah. So. Yeah. What car do you have right now? I've got a good old uh, oil burning, rotary eating Mazda RX-8. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, thankfully not a pain in the ass to maintain yet, um, but it's ever ever since I fun, funny you mentioned Need for Speed. Ever since I got Need for Speed Carbon on Wii. Um, there was always one car I would use in the game, and that was the Mazda RX-8. And it was because it sounded so incredible, and it went to 9,000 RPM. Um, and for a road car, that's 9,000 RPM is like, it's pretty much limited to Porsches and rotaries. Effect, or, I mean, I suppose boxers, but yeah, really, really anything that's very highly strung and very finely made. Um, if you saw a V6 or a V8 go, or an I4 go to 9,000 RPM, um, you'd probably blow up within the next second. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, the sound was just so addicting. And so, you know, I saw one pop up and I was like, hey, I'm already selling my car. This seems like a dream come true. Got it. It's been a dream since. It's nice and loud. It's peppy. It uh, handles, it, it's ridiculous how well it handles, to be honest. Big 50-50 weight distribution, so the turning is crisp. The chassis gives you tons of feedback. It's it's a wonderful car. Would you call it your dream car? No, by far not. It's It has its problems. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's, it's kind of slow. Um, but uh, dream car? No, no. Ooh, do you, would you have one? Well, I, I guess it's kind of like asking like a kid obsessed with candy. What's your favorite? Exactly. exactly yeah. You know. Um, I, I don't know, so I, I got asked this the other day, but if I were to nail it down to one car, a dream car, it's so, it's so tough. There's so many I want to own. I want to drive. I want to experience and all of them are, all of them provide such different experiences. And that's probably the reason why it's so hard. But I'd love a FD RX-7, which is the car that came before mine. Mm-hmm. So still a, a Wankel engine, um, two rotor, but it's got two turbos on it, manual transmission, um, even lighter, even faster. Uh, I, w- I would love to own one of those, build it up to be like a three rotor, big power monster. Um, but yeah, no, there's, there's too many, <laughs> yeah. too many to mention. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna switch gears back to music. Go for it. Who would you say is your biggest musical inspiration? <sighs> biggest? I don't think I can actually nail it down to one person. Um, I think for me, okay. Well, if I if I had to, top three. Top three. Probably Net Sky. Um, Hugh Hardy. And then. Mephius, 
and those are all drum and bass people. These are all drum and bass. Yeah. And they are, they're, I mean, they're all massive. They all, uh, you know, they're, they're all pretty old as well, but each of them, I think the big, the big reason why I'm influenced by them so much is each of their styles is very distinct. Um, for instance, Netsky, he's, he makes a lot of like very dance floor friendly drum and bass. Um, and so, but you can tell it's his track whenever it plays. You could hear it a mile away and it's like, oh, it's a Netsky tune. Oh, sick. Let's go over there, you know, party. And so, so, yeah, if, if, it, if it is unique and if it has a, characteris- or a characteristic that is completely identifiable, that's big for me. Is that what you're looking to imbue in your own music? Absolutely. That's, that's my biggest thing. Like, cause, uh, and I talk, I talk to the people at White Noise about it as well. Like, we, all three of us, we could totally just sit down and make like minimal drum and bass, which is really popular right now. Um, it's so it's so simple to make. We could just have a sub kick, uh, hats, whatever, and just compress the living hell out of it and get you know X Y Z amount of plays, and it, it'd be it'd be cool. You can do the same with liquid drum and bass, which is very soulful and very expressive, and it's like oh, you get light piano and you liquid high hats and everywhere, and it's super simple. But like. It's so boring to do that. It's not only is it not very original, but there's no, it's it's not unique in any way, and it doesn't, it doesn't show that you made the music. It doesn't show any of your characteristics or your emotions. It's more so, you know, here are some emotions generally you can relate to. So, what's the end game? What's the goal? That's that's a damn good question. Uh, over time. It's definitely changed a ton. Like when I started, it was get on Monster Cat, get a release, and then I will, <laughs> and, th- and then I'm happy to quit. And I, that's all I need. I could die happy. Um, but over time, it's changed to, you know, Monster Cat is okay. Why not let's shoot for Hospital Records? Another, well, a lesser known EDM label. They focus on drum and bass, um, but they do a lot more events stuff. They're big into, UK and British events. So um, it turned to that. And then it turned to, okay, why, you know, I'm not having success with getting on labels. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let's focus on rather than just putting out more and more and just releasing, which don't get me wrong, is good. Let's focus on how far can I push my own skill and sound. Mm-hmm. And so nowadays it's, it's very much the last goal, just fulfilling my own uh, skill requirements basically, and being able to, being able to get into the zone where I can sit down at my laptop, I can open Logic Pro, and I can immediately get into flow state, and just sit there and mindlessly create. It's, it's such an incredible feeling, being able to just sit there and not think, and not even understand or know what you're doing, but you are listening. It's a direct transmission into your brain thinking, I know why this is happening. I know what I need to change. Let's do it right now. And you don't even have to think about it. It's so it's such a good state. And I, my goal is, can I get to a point where I can just enter that state immediately? No warm up, no like, okay, I got to think about this. Hmm. So I just want to get to that point. And that, then I'll be, yeah, then I'll be happy. You've entered that flow state. Absolutely. How would you describe that feeling? It's like riding on a cloud. <laughs> um, it's it's mindless. I think is the best way I can describe it because you'll 
it's so natural. You'll sit down. You will, you'll think you're doing nothing. You won't even think at that point. You'll just be, I mean, it comes down to, you know, <laughs> do you have your keys memorized, of course, as well. But you'll just be creating, you will be one with the sound your brain is emitting into your PC. Um, which is a weird thing to think about to an extent. Like, because in a, in a way, when you get into the state, the music, it speaks to you and it tells you, okay, there's this gap. You need this element. You need more bass here. You need less treble here or whatever. Put the mids more in there uh, and all this other technical garbage. Um, but to the same extent, you are sub just subconsciously talking to the music as well because you are making the actions. So it's a, it's a two-way conversation between the music and you. And I guess that kind of highlights why... You know, music is a such a great language. So, right. in a way, it's a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's funny because um, I write stand up, mm -hmm. and it's like that same thing where it's like, uh, you know, you're just you're writing, and you're just thinking of shit stuff to right. write. And it's like me with stand up. It's like if I'm writing mm -hmm. and I'm audibly laughing, you know, there you off go. of something I think of. Yeah. Then I'm like, and then I go into that state where it's just like. I'm smiling as I'm writing, and I feel like it's the same with the music where it's like, oh, this is good. Yeah. You say, oh, this is... Well, <laughs> some people do. <laughs> I, I don't. It, it's... I've always, and it's probably not a great thing, I've always tried to not have very self-affirming thoughts, mm -hmm. um, which sounds a bit kind of crap, kind of rude to myself in a um, way, um, but uh, it's... Having that kind of mindset of like, you know, this is kind of bad, this is kind of bad, this is, and just highlighting absolutely everything that is bad in the song has always helped me in my production um, from day one. It's helped me progress and it's helped me constantly push. So like when I get into the state, I don't really even think of, is this good? I think of this sucks. How can I make it better? How can I make it better? To the point where it it is self-destructive in many ways and it's not the it's really not the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you, you look at the songs afterwards and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, it's not bad. So the process works. It's yeah. just a really self-destructive process. It's like, uh, well, I, I wouldn't even call it self-destructive. It's just kind of like being uh, hard on yourself. I was talking to someone mm -hmm. this weekend and I was watching. I tried to show them a video of my uh, stand-up and that. They were a lot, like, uh, I was funny. I was like, I'm, this isn't good. No. And I was like, even if, like, even the, like, the material is funny. It's just, like, the, the delivery and stuff like that. Mm. It was like, uh, this isn't, it, I was just like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Right. You know? So I know what you mean when you say it's like, even other people will be like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. You, you know, like, what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when you hear, like, oh, this needs to be better or this is bad, I don't think it's self-destructive. I think it's almost like you're always looking for where you can improve. Yeah. But so to that, I assume, I assume like you listen to other comics stuff. You know what's right? funny? When I'm actually doing a lot of stand-up, I don't. You don't. But like I do, I do watch a lot of, normally I do watch a lot of. Because I was going to ask like, like the reason why I have that mindset is because I've listened, I mean, I've listened to a crap ton of music. And so I know what is absolute gold and what is absolute garbage. If you hadn't listened to other comic stuff, would you be in that mindset of like, this is horrible, this needs to be better? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, that's how I, when I get super insecure. Mm. It's like when I'm listening to someone like, I was watching um, Jared Carmichael's new special 
Lothaniel, he comes out as gay in it. Okay. But I was just watching the first half of it, and it was like, I was like, oh, this is, he's good. Right. And he's not even one of the best. And I was like, oh, he's really good, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I also go, like, in like in Dallas, I'll see, like, an, I'll go to an open mic, and I'll see a bunch of comics. And it's like, they're good. They're funny. Right. It's just, they're, it's like levels, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. start going to, like, the Dave Chappelle's. Of course. And the Bill Burr's. Yeah. The Kevin Hart's. And it's like, this isn't. This is mastery. Yeah. This is mastery of the craft. So, like, on your point where you listen to other people and you're like, you know what's good and what's bad, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But. Well, that's, that's fair. Because I, I, I've always wondered that because, you know, I I talk to a lot of people in their production uh, and, you know, they don't, they don't really listen. They don't compare their music to much other people outside of their own bubble. And so, obviously, that can create a bit of a, a group think, yeah. a bit of a you're stuck in this box. So it's no, it's it's good to know though that like, I mean, crazy comparing yourself means that you can have goals <laughs> above yeah. what you know. Uh, but yeah, it's no because um you know it's like you see someone and you're like uh, you have heroes. Yeah. Like those three guys you just described, would you call them your heroes? Uh, not necessarily heroes, but yeah, they are they're benchmarks. Yeah. Total benchmarks. Yeah, so. I think that's a better way of describing it. All mm-hmm. yeah, a benchmark. Finally, Peter, I just wanted to ask you about your, uh, you do like uh, one of these visual designs, renderings. Oh, yeah. The 3D renderings. Mm-hmm. Tell me about those. Um, I, well, to the self-sufficiency for my music, uh-huh. uh, I, I'm cheap, so <laughs> I don't want to pay people for my cover art. And so I guess since, since starting the music, even day one, um, I was already doing like a lot of logo stuff and a lot of just general brand creation. So it was pretty natural that, you know, I create my own, easy enough, okay, let's create cover arts, okay. And so early on it was, it became very apparent that I had this big dilemma of, do I either use my cover arts as a, like a creative outlet completely, or do I just have something that is repeatable, very sustainable, and very uh, easy to pump out? But looks good, of course. And so that dilemma ended up, I, I found somewhere in the middle, of course. Uh, and so, yeah, just the, the cover arts for all my tracks, it became a very, uh, just a test bed of what I can create, what I can do. And like, okay, let's, you know, I figured out this tutorial. Oh, let's try it. Does it work? Does it look good? Yes. Okay, let's put it into action. And so it's taken me to... I've, I've worked for labels. I've created full visualizers, full song videos for labels. It's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's taken me to great places. And if I'm not, if I'm not making music, it's one of the other things that I just, I love, love putting hours into just sitting there modeling away at the tiniest of details that no one will notice. But of course I know, and I, I find a lot of satisfaction in that, you know, who have you done any work for? Um, so one of the guys in White Noise, he's released on a smaller, a smaller label, sorry, called Disguise Collective. I've done, I've done, I've done two of their, no, three. I've done three of their visuals for, uh, one's an album, two or EPs. And so I've done three of those. Um, and that was, that was pretty fun. One was like a, well, one, one was expensive as hell and it involved this like, I had, to, I had to model out basically a subway tunnel and like some lights and uh, and a lot of small details that I'd never really explored. 
And so it, you know, once more, once more, it was a very much a test bed as to what my blender skills, what my 3D modeling skills could achieve. Um, and it was like my first foray into photorealism mm-hmm. within uh, 3D design. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was really fun. And I think beyond music, visual design is even more satisfying because you can see your your creation so much quicker. You don't have to wait for, you know, the audio to render out. No, you just click the viewport model to uh, fully render the, you know, the proper view of what you've designed and all that. And hey-ho, you can see it. Hey-ho, you can see it. Yeah. Where can people listen to your music? Um, normally it's, well, I would be saying you know, Spotify, Apple Music, all that, these are so, and I do have stuff on there for sure. Uh-huh. Um, under the name of Brightec, B-R-I-T-E-C, similarly, uh, on SoundCloud. But what I've been really focusing on of recent is a platform called Audius. Uh-huh. And so it's a new, it's a new competitor for, they, they say Spotify, in reality, SoundCloud, um, unlimited uploads. The highest quality listening um, you can have three twenty kilobytes per second. Um, they have a they have a cryptocurrency called Audio that they pay out their artists with, which is actually really cool. And I've uh, thankfully I was there for when it started because I got a nice chunk of audio in my uh-huh. wallet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, I've it's a it's a great community over there. They've got I want to say forty million users now. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's just, uh, I, I mainly upload on there basically. What is, uh, what's your handle? Brytech. Brytech, B-R-I-T-E-C. So if anyone wants to fucking give Petey's, I, I've never called you Petey. Petey. I've never That's called a new you one. Petey up until this moment. That's a new one. If anyone want to listen to Petey's music, uh, head over to, uh, what did you, what was it? Brytech. Brytech on, on Spotify. On Audius, Spotify, Audius. anywhere. Awesome. Search All it right. out. Well, thanks, Peter, for fucking coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This was fantastic. It's been an adventure. Man, what an interesting fellow. I'm here by joined um, over the phone now with, <laughs> with the disease, Jaden Coquet. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm going to be referred by. I don't think I have COVID, but we're playing this safe here. Yeah. You never know. So you, uh, you what? You interacted with some uh, some patient zero, and now you're uh, <laughs> now you're locked down. Yeah, there's uh, actually a bunch of people at that party that I went to that had tested positive after the fact. So I was like, oh shit, okay, I feel fine right now, so yeah. I'm probably all good, but. We're gonna take a couple of days and just chill in my house. I got homework to do anyway. Yeah, it was a super spreader event. Yeah, exactly. I um, I hope I don't get it. Yeah. I hope I don't have it. That shit sucks. That is not fun to have. No, COVID. I thought I just I thought it was like the flu. The flu kind of sucks. <laughs> I guess. I've had the flu and COVID. At the same time. No, no. It's like, <laughs> I think I, I don't think I'd be here. It's like taking a screenshot. <laughs> I had them at the same time. No, yeah. Um, COVID was really bad, though. Yeah. Did you hear about this in Shanghai? Me and Greg were talking about it off the mic. That uh, they locked down Shanghai. Oh, shit, really? No, yeah. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they've been locked down for like a week and a half now. And it's like, because there's so many people who have COVID. 
there, it's like almost 30, I, I can't remember, but like pretty much the whole city's locked down. It's like 30 million people. Holy shit. Yeah, and like, um, and like they don't have the resources, you know, it's 30 million people. So it's yeah. like, so now people are running out of food and stuff. Oh my God. Water, they can't go outside. Damn, I, yeah. I actually didn't hear about that. That's crazy. There was a yeah, video. Shanghai's a huge place. Yeah, yeah. So many people there. There's a video of like this dude recording from his balcony, and you can just hear like people screaming in agony. Like, really? Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. That's so crazy. COVID's been like going around for. It's coming up to like three years now, right? Yeah. Kind of close. That is insane. Like we keep suppressing it for a little bit, for maybe like a month, and then it just comes back. It's like way a boner. Than it was before. It's like an erection. Uh, elaborate. You just keep suppressing it, but it just keeps coming back. <laughs> that's a that's a good analogy. Thank you, Ross. You're welcome. I can really picture the uh, COVID spread now. You, oh, I bet you can picture the spread. I can visualize. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyways. Yeah. So yeah, no, you've just been uh, you've just been locked down. You have any like uh, existential dread yet? Uh, not just yet. I've just no. been chilling. I've been uh, playing games with some of the boys on Discord. Okay. That's uh, that's been passing the time. You know, doing some homework because I got finals coming up real soon here. Yeah. What about your exams? Are you still able to take those? Uh, they're online anyway, so oh, okay. that's no problem. Oh, you lucky. Which is so sick. I love when they do that. Yeah. It makes it so much easier. To cheat. My last midterm is on my birthday, on the twenty third. Hey, everyone, go wish Jay a happy birthday on the twenty third. <laughs> Um, if this episode comes out, um, <laughs> after then, go wish him a belated happy birthday. <laughs> um, Thank you, Ross. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's gonna be fun. I just gotta, like, wake up early in the morning, drive my ass to MRU, write a four-hour-long management final. I know I don't have to drive final. there. I can, I can chill here. But I still gotta wake up at, like, eight in the morning. Yeah. It's a lot better than having to drive out there. I live pretty far from you. Do you, um... Damn, I was going to ask you something, but I forgot. Man, my brain has been just mushed this past, like, four days. <laughs> Same here, honestly. It's it's terrible. It's so bad, man. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I feel you, man. I'm excited for uh, our long-ass summer, our extended summer. Extended summer? We just get like a long summer, a longer summer than high school. Hell oh yeah, yeah. It's like college. Well, summers. summer more like like break, school break. Yeah, this the break yeah. for uni is a lot longer than that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm so excited for it. That's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna do so much stuff. I'm trying to travel somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Are you trying I'm to meet a girl to, with the boat? I want to go to Taiwan, bro. So bad. Yeah. We we're supposed to go, Thomas and I, but COVID kind of ruined that. Taiwan was really good at suppressing COVID. They're pretty much. Um, knew that it was going to happen, tried to warn everybody. All the other countries were like, you're crazy. And so they kind of locked everything down early. And then they had like a peak of like five or six COVID cases in like a year and a half. And then someone brought it there and spread it all around. Isn't it like an island too? Uh, uh, I think so. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not super good with geography. I don't know. I can't answer that confidently. Because I know New Zealand also did. Uh... Dude, I can't believe we're talking oh, yeah. about. I can't believe I'm having this conversation in the year of our Lord 2022. Yeah, I know. This shit was supposed to last six months. We're four months into 2022 already. Yeah. Like, how? 
time's flying by so fast right now for me. Uh huh. So weird. I think about that too. I was like, man, this year's almost over. <laughs> yeah, like we're getting to halfway through the year already. I feel like it just started like a week ago. Yeah, but I also I remember, remember, and this is how I've been putting it into context. I came back to Canada around Valentine's Day, around that week. Oh. Oh yeah. So if that helps, if that I know it probably doesn't, but if it helps, that does make it seem a lot shorter. Yeah. What the hell, really? Yeah. I feel like you've been here for forever already. I know. Yeah. Just been here too long, man. <laughs> but what are you going back though? Um, we'll talk about that off the mic. Okay, word. But yeah, no. I'm actually gonna leave and never come back and never see you again. Oh, I'd, I'd be, I'd be pretty distraught to be honest. You'd be fucking delighted. Don't lie. <laughs> okay, maybe I'd have some mixed emotions. Mixed emotions. <laughs> it's like at the you'd you'd be crying at my going away celebration, you know. Yeah, I'm sure be sitting outside your dorm, hanging out with Josh. Uh huh. Man, it has been an interesting time. The season, this season of this podcast is almost over. That's so sad. Yeah, I know, isn't it? I want to record more episodes, man. We'll come back for season two. Oh, yeah. If we get picked up. Exactly. Just take a little hiatus. Yeah. And uh, and then we'll, uh, you know, we'll uh, skeet on everyone's faces. I don't know. <laughs> Is that the plan? That's, That's the, plan. the game plan for this podcast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> <laughs> This has been Who Is with Ross O'Terry. Thank you so much for to Peter Jackson for coming on. Thank you, Jay, for hopping on this little phone call. Even though I know no you're problem. a sick, you're a sick bad boy. Wish me luck, everybody. Wish him well. Wish he doesn't get sick and uh, really bad symptoms and ends up on get a ventilator. Yeah, I get the shits. That too. Oh, look at that timing. My vermicelli has just shown up. And on the <laughs> on the vermicelli, <laughs> we leave you. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. This has been a TVV production. Who is with Ross O'Terry is hosted by Ross O'Terry and myself, Jaden Coquet. Executively produced by Ross O'Terry and Abdullah Tif Abdullah. Co-produced by Brody Lester and Bell Newen. Engineered by Greg Ivanov. Edited by Greg Ivanov and Ross O'Terry. Theme music is by Ethan Goring, and the incidental music is by Liam Ken. You can rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts, and you may have a chance to get featured on the show.